0: Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Aaron. Let's go to... Uh, Mississippi
1: or Alabama or all of the above. The South. It was the South,
0: 1947.
1: Nine. 1949. Yeah, the the South, the 40s. Yeah. Need we say more? This film is called Pinky. Pinky is a light-skinned black person that's a pinky
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that oh it's pinky is the nickname that you get when you're super light-skinned and you could pass for white
1: or in this case you're passing as a mixed person
0: as a mulatto Mm -hmm.
1: problematic
0: oh yeah i mean i thought i had a rough nickname (laughs)
1: What was your rough nickname? Big honey. Oh yeah, well.
0: I'm like, well it could have been worse. It could have (laughs) been I could have been called Pinky. Big
1: (laughs) Pinky Honey. Big Pinky
0: Honey. You could have been called Pinky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I was bigger honey. Okay, well, we are doing the film Pinky, the 1949 film Pinky. A light-skinned black woman falls in love with a white doctor who is unaware of her true ethnicity.
0: I yeah, that is the movie, but I I feel like it uh I don't I don't know. I guess coming from where I'm coming from, I wasn't really all that. I was I did not fall asleep once. I was fascinated by this film. I was just so, I went off on so many different thinking tangents. Good. I, good. Oh man. I was fascinated. I thought it
1: was going to be a, an early, well, when was Imitation of Remember Life?
0: there's two versions. There yeah. was the 1930s one, which we didn't see. And that oh, starred okay. Freddie Washington, who's real black actress playing the role and then we saw yeah. the one in the 50s with Juanita Moore and the little Italian girl yes yes yes
1: okay so I thought this was gonna be just another of those but it wasn't it was uh it was really interesting
0: it was way more interesting and nuanced which I say with a caveat because it's still 19. 49 we're talking about right but i did think that it was very that there was i was just like huh and then in doing my particulars i found out why and i was like uh Hmm. well so how about
1: you do said particulars
0: let's step into the particular room okay crossing the threshold produced turn on the light Thank you. A little less light. That's good. Perfect light.
1: Yeah. Our crew. <laughs> Bravo Key? to our crew. Where's
0: my fill? Got it. Nice. I like that halo. Okay. And thank you for the
1: for the full drink.
0: Daryl F. Zanuck. He also produced *The Longest Day*, *How Green Was My Valley*, *The Jazz Singer*, *42nd Street*, *The Grapes of Wrath*, Gentleman's Agreement*. All about Eve and Torah, 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 just to name a few. And we have done some of those. Mm-hmm. Directed by Ilya Kazan. His first feature was A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Hello. Which I thought was fascinating because in a text conversation, on a family text, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn was brought up on Thursday. It was indeed. And I was like, wow, Ilya Kazan's feature film debut also happens to be a tree grows in Brooklyn. He also directed Gentleman's Agreement, a streetcar named Desire on the Waterfront, East of Eden, and Splendor in the Grass, to name a few. Um also So is this our first Ilya Kazan? That I that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, I have we, we done a streetcar named Desire? Or on the guess. waterfront?
1: I could have been a contender. I don't think so. And
0: I don't know if we've done
1: Stella. Um, that would be, oh, wait, did we do that one?
0: I don't know. I was supposed to do a search on my computer. Okay. And I forgot. Okay. It's okay. Well, we'll check. And if we haven't, we will. Um, If you hear
1: her go dark for a while, she's searching. (laughs)
0: No, I'm just listening to your clever banter.
1: Clever banter.
0: Also, Ilya Kazan, controversial take or controversial figure because in the 50s, he did name names for the House of Un-Americans oh, Committee. very disappointing. Remember in 1999 at the Academy Awards when he was coming out and everyone was split? as yeah. Do we not clap or do we clap?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But who says what you would do in that we talked about that
0: before? Well, that's what this whole movie is about, really? Exact amount. Oh my gosh. Okay, the screenplay. We have Philip Dunn, who also wrote "How Green Was My Valley and the Ghost of Mrs. Muir, Dudley Nichols, who also did the Informer Gunga, Gunga Din stagecoach The Tin Star. Ilya Kazan and Jane White. An actress of African American descent. And Your Nerd Alert. White? Yes, Jane Jane White is black. Well done, Jane. Jane White well is done. black. And she's, yeah, so this movie has a black woman as a credited writer. Damn. In forty-nine. In nineteen forty-nine. Nerd Alert, her father was Walter. Francis White, who was the national secretary of the NAACP from 1931
1: to 1955. Wow. So she grew some up shit.
0: big time. She grew up in the Sugar Hill neighborhood of Harlem and her household was known as the White House of Harlem because <laughs> like they were the whites and also Her dad was super high up, so there were always super important people coming in and out of the house as they were like, how do we advance black people? And they're like, first of all, we should stop calling ourselves color people. But they're like, but the NAACP rolls off the tongue. It just rolls off the tongue. tongue. It just Everybody knows what it means now. It's been branded, so it's fine. We're going to give a whole bunch of comedians some here. Here's a free one. Discuss. And so, yes, she was a script doctor on this, which is why when I found out, I was like, aha. So you mean to tell me in 1949, you Hollywood knew how much important it was for there to be representation in the room where the things happen
1: that's why it that's why it was so good
0: yes because they
1: nuanced lo- and such
0: they, people looked around and they were like yeah wow we're a bunch of white men trying to figure out the story of this black woman who was passing for white we could use a little help
1: yeah well kudos mm-hmm
0: It's based on the novel Quality, a 1946 novel by Sid Ricketts Sumner. She was a female author and teacher. This was her second novel. She also was famous for the novel Tammy Out of Time. And I believe those movies starred, those adaptations starred Debbie Reynolds. Nerd alert, tragic nerd alert. She died violently by being bludgeoned by her grandson when she was 80 years old. Oh my God! Yeah.
1: Oh, here's to new grandchildren.
0: <laughs> Cheers. You're welcome, ma. Oh, all you people on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you watch Johnny a little closer as he's playing with this little toy hammer? Hmm. <laughs> Just remember Sid Ricketts. Sid Ricketts. Music by. And she was. She was a European
1: of European descent. I'm talking white. She was a white woman.
0: Yes, I have found that usually when people are not white, that it is pointed out within the first paragraph. Okay, it has just been my experience in doing my research
1: because I had a friend, Mrs. A, who recommended this book to me—a book by Jody Picolt, who is a. a best-selling author and she was writing a book about race relations and i i I had a a hard time when a white person writes a black person's perspective
0: well i isn't that what that whole hullabaloo about that novel american dirt is is (laughs) is that it's i think a um, I'm talking halfway out my ass here. Just what I've picked up in AP headlines that it's like this white lady wrote a book about uh, like Latino experience of, uh. I think it had to do with, you know, immigration and that kind of thing. And people in that community were up in arms because I think Oprah picked it as her book
1: Oh. and oh yeah yeah and
0: it wasn't so much I mean it it does it boy the reason that, that people got mad isn't so much like how dare you write this from your perspective but it was we have all these authors and they're not getting any shine and yeah. so like you okay. write it yeah. then it then you're getting your voice out there which is fine nobody is saying you can't write it but like let these people because this is what they know Right. I just...
1: Okay, let's go on.
0: Well, I would just say that are you coming at it with something new that we haven't heard before in the history of history? Because, you know, based on who writes the history and stuff? Sometimes you can be, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Music by Alfred Newman. Is that Alfred E. Newman's grandfather? No, but it is Randy Newman's uncle. Oh, okay, okay. We've talked about that before. Yes, because he did the music for How Green Was My Valley, Miracle on 34th Street, Anastasia, All About Eve, Camelot, and The Seven Year Itch, to name a few. We've done several of those. Several of them. The director of photography is Joseph MacDonald. He also shot The Young Lions, Pepe, The Sand Pebbles. For all three of those, he won an Academy Award for Best Cinematography. So he has three. He also did McKenna's Gold, Niagara, Viva Zapata, and My Darling Clementine, to name a few. Edited by Harmon Jones, who also did Stella, Panic in the Streets, and Gentleman's Agreement, to name a few. The cast. So we have Pinky Johnson. Pinky is played by, is it Jean or Janine? I think
1: it's Jeannie. Jean. It might be Jeannie.
0: Jeannie yeah. Crane. A white actress. Yeah. Because I looked at, because, well, I'll save it. She yeah. was also in The Gang's All Here, State Fair, Cheaper by the Dozen, Gentlemen Mary Brunettes, which was the sequel, kind of, to Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And also, she starred as Nefertiti in Queen of the Nile. Well, there you go. So, She's just playing all the ethnics, isn't she? I, I guess she was like, look, I played a black woman before. I can do it again. Yeah. Let me play the Queen of Egypt.
1: She's an actress, so.
0: And I'm white. Craft. So when you're a white actress, you are allowed to branch out.
1: Those of you going, what? we'll tell you later why
0: we have the ethels we got ethel waters back as dicey johnson we saw her last week in cabin in the sky she did not
1: disappoint people
0: rufus jones runs for president in cairo man i just remembered a battery heatable ethel barrymore as miss m let, let's get into settle in. I got some nerd alerts on Miss Ethel Barrymore.
1: Her eyes were like black sockets of Yeah, they looked like Aaron's death holes.
0: <laughs> death holes. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Most mothers <laughs> describe their children's eyes as the sparkling light of infinity and love. But mine are <laughs> black death
1: holes. Death holes. <laughs> and you don't want to cross them. <laughs>
0: Also, I've been told they're shark eyes and just plain dead inside. All, all make you feel just nice, warm, and cuddly.
1: But you're not a big honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ethel Barrymore is the first lady of American theater. She was born, get a load of this birthday, August 15th, 1879 whoa 101 years before me to the day that's where
1: the eyes came from took a hundred years of fermenting to get them back
0: (laughs) she is sister to john and lionel barrymore and that makes her the great aunt of drew barrymore nerd alert winston churchill proposed to her (gasps) and she was like nah man i'm good And his wife, Clementine, looked a lot like Ethel Barrymore. And nobody knew about this this affair until Winston Churchill's son came out with it years later. And then everybody was like, oh my gosh, Clementine looked a lot like Ethel Barrymore. Winston had a type. Winston had a type. Uh, She's also famous for her catchphrase when she would come out cuz everybody loved her acting so much they would give her all these curtain calls over and over again and she says that's all there is there isn't any more that's all there that's is her? there isn't any more oh. that's Ethel Barrymore so she was also in Rasputin and the Empress the spiral staircase the paradigm case and the portrait of Jenny mm. William Lundigan as Tom. This guy was in over 125 films, and I didn't recognize a single one of them. Yeah,
1: he looked like the guy who would be in 121 films that you didn't know.
0: <laughs> I'm just this guy. So here are three that sounded like maybe, uh, well, they were, the, they were mentioned in the first paragraph of his Wikipedia page. There so you go. Dodge City Inferno and Marcus Welby MD.
1: Oh, Marcus Welby MD was a movie? No, show. Yeah, but it was I've a TV heard show. of Marcus
0: Welby MD. Yeah, and I've heard of Inferno, maybe. So those got on the list because all the rest of them, I'm like, man, this guy worked really hard. At a bunch of things I've never heard of, and I've heard of a lot, not everything, but a lot, but a lot. We have Juanita Moore. She showed up at the end as the nurse. Yes, from Imitation of Life. And then I also discovered that she was in Cabin in the Sky, uncredited. Oh. And we have Basil Rathdale as Judge Walker. He was in the Marx Brothers movie Coconuts, Carrie, and Blackboard Jungle. We have Kenny Washington Jr. He was the black doctor, Dr. Kennedy.
1: Oh, he was quite um,
0: uh, per- per-
1: personable.
0: Yeah, he was your type, Ma. Because he was the <laughs> first black player signed to a contract with the NFL in the modern football era, which is post-World War II. As a, he went to school at UCLA, and as a baseball player, he was rated a better player than his roommate jackie robinson
1: damn
0: he okay so remember how i said he was the first black player signed to a contract in the nfl yes the jackie robinson of the nfl if you will yes his roommate who he also ranked better than at baseball george hallis wanted him for the bears but the league did not or they wouldn't permit integration so when he graduated from UCLA, he started coaching football, and then he was at worked at the LAPD because his uncle was like the first black uniformed policeman of the LAPD. Wow. And he played for the Pacific Coast Pro Football League, and then the Cleveland Rams moved to what? Los Angeles. And they were going to play at the publicly owned Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And The Los Angeles Tribune's sports editor was a black man named Hallie Harding, who happened to be a former pro athlete and was also on the debate team at his school. And he pressured the city of Los Angeles and said, hey, your team, this Cleveland Rams are coming here. And there are no black football players in the league. And they want to play at this publicly owned coliseum that was paid for by everyone's tax dollars. That includes black people, Latinos, everyone. It wasn't just white dollars that went there. So if the team wants to play at this publicly owned place, you need to integrate. And so they were like, man, money really is the answer to all questions (laughs) because we need to play here. So all right. So on March 21st, 1946, he was signed. And his his career, he did okay, but he had suffered a bunch of uh, knee injuries, and despite that, uh. he was still able to do things. But because of his contacts in Los Angeles, he was able to star in a couple of, or not star, but be in a couple of movies like Rope of the Sand and the Jackie Robinson story. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And we have Nina Mae McKinney. She played, was it Roselia? Yeah. She was known in Europe as the Black Garbo.
1: (gasps) She was one of
0: the first African-American film stars in the U.S. She was one of the first Black Americans that was on British TV. She also appeared in the films Hallelujah, Pie Pie Blackbird and Danger Street, to name a few. Hmm. And we have Frederick O'Neill, who played Jake Waters, Walters. He helped start Harlem's American Negro Theater, which in turn started the careers of maybe you've heard of them, Cindy Poitier, Ruby D, and Harry Belafonte.
1: Wow.
0: He was also in Take a Giant Step, No Way Out, and Something of Value. And we have Evelyn Varden as Melba Wooley. Ooh. Did you recognize her? I
1: recognize the name Melba But you didn't Barbie. recognize
0: her face? When her face came out, I was like, why does this lady look so familiar to me? This happened to be her film debut. But she appeared in another Gone with the Bushes film. You may remember her as Icy Spoon from The Night of the Hunter. Remember with Robert Mitchum? Oh, yeah. Good and evil. Yeah. And she had the, she was Icy Icy Spoon. Spoon. Remember we had a whole thing about Icy Spoon. Yeah. Those are the particulars. Well
1: done. Well done. Lots of black history.
0: So much hidden black history gems.
1: Well, it starts out, it's a black and white film. It starts out with a train and I wrote, look at that smoke. Look at that pollution coming out of that train. <laughs> There's a young woman walking in the country to a small rundown cabin. Um, in the distance, you see a big house. There's an older black woman who comes around the house. There are lots of chickens in the yard, and um, she's calling the she's calling the woman, "Ma'am, I'm doing your laundry." And then she realizes it is not Ma'am, but Pinky. Pinky has come home. Yes, Granny, it's me. And Granny prays.
0: And I'm like, wait a second, because I didn't know. I while we we're watching this movie, I didn't know anything about it, so I uh-huh. didn't know who Genie Crane was, right? And so I'm, I've got my little monocle out, and I'm checking. I'm like, let me see that hair, let me see uh-huh. that hair,
1: let me see in the part of that hair.
0: Oh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm, not quite. Mm. But you know what well, my first thought was the first time I saw her. I thought to myself, "Self, wow, she looks like Lena Horne." Uh huh. Oh. Mm
1: hmm. Well, Lena Horne tried to have the part, but. There's a reason why she didn't get it. Okay. Well, Pinky goes into the cabin and she's checking things out. Uh, And Granny is saying, I knew you'd come back. At which point, Pinky goes over to the mantel and picks up a piggy bank. Mm -hmm. We own the very same piggy bank. It's a cast iron piggy bank.
0: That's my piggy bank.
1: It was my piggy bank originally, and I gave it to Aaron.
0: And now, and, and now somebody is saying that it's her piggy bank.
1: I, I wrote down, I had one. Now it's yours. Um, And and Pinky's saying everything is... Oh, no, Granny's saying everything is just as you left it. Well... Uh, I mean, it's the
0: same piggy bank. It's the bank. same it's piggy so bank. Weird. It was so, it's. I texted you right when I took a picture of it. I paused it, took a picture of it, and said, "WTF is my piggy bank doing in this movie?" Yeah. And and it's not a regular like painted
1: pig piggy bank. No, it's a murder weapon piggy bank. This is a cast iron piggy bank, and it's got a screw in its back, and it. It comes apart front and back and he he's holding a little sign his name is thrifty and he's holding a sign that says well let me tell you the wise pig save a penny yesterday another save today tomorrow save another to keep the wolf away mm-hmm. so um what's we'll tr- Is there any way to include a picture of Thrifty? We'll put it
0: on the Instagram.
1: I'll have to put it on the gram.
0: This would be a good place where you would tell people what the Instagram is.
1: Okay. (laughs) She Um,
0: doesn't know.
1: (laughs) Pinky said, I wish you'd never sent me away. And Granny said, why did you write me less and less? Uh, And then Granny says, you think I don't know?
0: And I'm like, who? Look at her, Granny. You thought she was a white woman. You called her ma'am when she came up. You didn't even recognize her.
1: And Pinky says, I didn't mean to, but when you put me on that train, the conductor moved me. Because Granny put her in the colored part of the train, and and the conductor went, Oh A
0: different conductor came, because he was like, I put, because Granny was like, no, I put you there. Because that's, and the whole thing of passing is, there's there's many different sides to it. Mm -hmm. Because, you're talking about in segregation, so people were treated completely different, and on one hand, you look at it as, oh, you're going to pass. And you will look down on it to be like, what, you're, you, you know, you, you are basically turning your back on your people. Um, you're going to play this game and do this and, and, and be able to get away with that. And then on the other hand, it's like, life is a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's one of those things where I see both sides of it. Yeah. You do. Like me personally, I I don't think that I would, but then I've also grown up with the privilege of not living in segregated times.
1: Right. Right.
0: And of having it be instilled in me of like I don't want to participate in I don't want to continue and participate in that saying that That this is better. But if you're in those times. Because she was like I didn't. So basically what happened to Pinky. She gets put on the train in the black part. And she's like that's cool. Because this is all I've ever known. Although every time anybody calls me. I am always reminded that I could pass for white. Hence everyone just calls me Pinky. So that's been in my brain. For as long as I've ever been alive. And she was really really light skinned. And had super light eyes so i was kind of like what happened? extremely like,
1: straight hair
0: extremely straight hair so i'm like her like was her mother assaulted oh, I have theories. and I have theories. yeah because they never and they never go into it and that's no. why i want to know like i'm like mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of her parents was white
1: mm-hmm.
0: like 100 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and in uh, Dicey's in that lineage. I'm sure that there's also some Europeanness going on as well, because that's right. just how it happened. So that's how you end up with light-eyed, straight-haired, pinky, and she's on the in the back of the bus. And then the the shift changes. A new conductor comes in, sees this girl with these light eyes and straight hair, and you know, thin nose, and says what are you doing here? And snatches her and puts her in the white section. And then from then on, she just doesn't do anything except she just exists. But everyone around her treats her completely right. differently, which is to say like a real human being. And lo and behold, who among us would it be like, wow, this doesn't suck. <laughs> And so she just she just doesn't she just never pipes up and tells people that they're wrong. She just goes with it. And yeah. then she has then she has severe guilt over it because she's getting to live with this freedom that her people don't get to have merely by <laughs> being born pink. <laughs> it's pink r- her racism is hilarious.
1: Well, um, then Pinky says, I didn't mean to... Okay, we already did that. And the conductor moved me. um, And Granny says, you're denying yourself like Peter denied Jesus. You tell the Lord what you've done, but I don't want to hear another word about it.
0: (laughs) And Pinky's like, I feel bad about it, but... It was pretty nice. It was a pretty good life. I was treated like a real human being. Dare I say it, it's intoxicating.
1: (laughs) Pinky is dreaming and she's calling Tom's name. And she wakes up in the little shack and you hear crickets and you hear that train whistle. That train whistle that'll take her back up north where, you know, she can live an easier life.
0: But she has the crushing weight of knowing that her people and who she really is, is, and the anxiety of, if anyone finds out, this is all over.
1: And and that's a crapshoot when you have give birth.
0: <laughs> who knows what's coming out of there? Oh, yeah. Uh, when she would, if she would yeah. give birth, like, they're, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the the child
1: would be light skinned. It could be a darker light skinned baby, but the hair. I'm just saying,
0: yeah, the hair know. is going to
1: arrive at some point.
0: <laughs> but they'll just say that the father was Italian.
1: Okay. Well the next (laughs) morning. Everyone
0: said. I bet I bet there are a lot of people now who are doing Ancestry.com and they were always like, I'm Italian. And they're coming back with like, You're a quarter Nigerian, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh Granny's doing laundry just like in the last movie she was in. She was a laundress. And um and Pinky's saying, Granny, you work too hard. It's obvious Pinky loves her granny.
0: Yeah, that's why she came. I mean, she came that's back she to came the back. South. Yeah,
1: she came back to this. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it was Mississippi, Alabama, which is miss And um, there were no screens. It was the summer. She was a sweating. Um, and Granny says I I ain't missed a day since three years ago when I had pneumonia. Um, and she says, and, and uh, that's so,
0: what that's how she's speaking. My is not being culturally insensitive. That's just the. I did. I wrote that. Well, that because that's how she was. It was verbatim. Saying. Yeah, it was like the 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 discussion we had last week with Cabin in the Sky of is it culturally accurate or is it not And
1: in... Yeah. Is it overdone? Yeah. Usually I try to not do that. Be the white person speaking in the, but um, okay. I did it there. Uh, <laughs> and then granny says, I didn't send you away to come back and do laundry because pinky wanted to help. So Pinky's saying pinky has a, a chip on her shoulder. Cause she's seen both sides of this coin. And she's saying, "How much money do you get for doing that lady's laundry?" Mm -hmm. And right away, you know it's the big house. Mm -hmm. And she says, "I don't get paid in money because Miss M doesn't have money, but I get paid in." Did we? She's an old lady now, and she got no money.
0: Yeah. So basic dicey is grandma's doing the grandma is dicey. Yeah, Grandma's dicey. She's doing Miss M, big house ladies, laundry for free. What does that sound like? Because that sounded like the same thing to me and Pinky.
1: Yeah, and Pinky's going,
0: come on. Yeah. There's a whole house of antiques up there. And also in things that I, like articles I read, they pointed out that, hmm, well, oh yeah, they pointed out that Miss M's family owned, um, Pinky and uh, right. Dicey's family. Right. So th- it's just like, she's like, oh, you know that like slavery has been outlawed, but here you are doing right. the work like like you're her servant and Pinky does not like the the optics of this and the implications of it one bit. Right. It's been
1: 60 60- 40 plus. It's been 80 years since slavery was outlawed. And this is still going on. Yes, okay. this is
0: still going on. Miss M is taking, to Pinky's point of view, Miss M is taking advantage of her grandmother and getting her laundry done for free, all this stuff for free, looking up. Like, she still owns people. Right. And and Dicey gets to live in this shack. And and Dicey is... um. Content with it.
1: Quite content. Quite content. Yeah. Dicey said, why are you so against her?
0: Yeah. Why why do you not like her? (laughs) Pinky's like, because she used to own our family and she made money off of their backs and we've got none of it. And she
1: said, uh, yeah, because she's living in that big house that was built by slaves That was run by slaves. And oh yeah, one time I happened to go into her garden and she read me the riot act. It was a very unpleasant experience for
0: people. And then Dicey bounces right back in and defends Miss M and says, whoa, whoa, she did that to all the children. It wasn't just
1: you. (laughs) It wasn't just you. It was all those little black children that came in the garden.
0: Yeah. However...
1: She didn't want anyone in
0: her garden.
1: Would you like to hear my... Thoughts now of where Pinky came from?
0: Oh, yes.
1: So I'm pretty sure that Miss M's husband probably took advantage of Pinky's mama. Oh. And so Miss M would have even more of a grudge against Pinky because she is living proof of her husband's infidelity
0: which is, it's very similar to. Would you like to hear my theory of where Pinky came from? Okay. Oh, Which, your theory, now that I'm thinking about it, makes more sense. My theory was that Pinky was her granddaughter. But I guess Miss M didn't have any kids. Because I was thinking, like, oh, okay. Mm, well, yeah. And that could Miss Ms. M's son, like, you know. I thought Miss M's son and the Pinky's mom had a thing, and then okay. maybe the son got killed in yeah. the war. Well, well, like then, went off to the war or something. But I thought that I thought it was going to be revealed that Miss M was pink that because they, they were because the two were the two grandmas, right, right.
1: But then I thought for Pinky to be that fair. Maybe Mr. M Mm -hmm. had violated Dicey back in the day. And that was the mother of Pinky. And Ah. then he violated Pinky's mother to make her so very light-skinned.
0: Yes, because she was I mean, like, I am light-skinned. You are light-skinned. And Steph Curry is also light-skinned. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, although I was, and I do remember these because they're like, it is a very weird thing to have happened to one self. I have on two occasions, like, been, people thought I was white. And it's weird. Do I know of these? Yes, occasions? you were with me on one of, you might have been with me. Yeah, you were with me on both occasions. The oh, well, first the time occasion that we were called poor white trash. No, the first occasion was when we were at the doctor in uh um, oh, yeah. at that the beach. Fu- that was funny. <laughs> I had tam- I had uh uh pus pockets. So I went to the doctor at the beach.
1: This was your brother's best line he ever had.
0: What did he say? Go ahead. Finish your oh, story. So um, the doctor, you know, he examined me, gave me, wrote me up the script for the antibiotics. And then I was wearing a baseball hat. So you couldn't see my hair. And I'm with my ma. And he just finally at the end was just like, you, I just have to say, you have by far the best tan I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. Because this is a beach. This is Bethany Beach. So it's a beach community. I was right. used to seeing tanned people. and I by I had just gotten to the beach, so I didn't have my tan. This was just my base right. layer. I was I was very yellow. I get very yellow <laughs> in the wintertime. And he was like, by far the best tan I've ever seen. And it's not i it took me a minute to figure out what he was saying. And then when I figure out what he was saying, that it, it's re- it's really weird. To be like, oh. and all I did was laugh. I didn't even think to to
1: de- wow. press
0: and ask you if you were okay. What do you like? What are you gonna It's it, like there's nothing that are you? It's not because it, the thing is, it's not me. It's it's you. I, I I'm not asking you to be put into this conversation. That's on that's on the doctor. There, I was just like, wow. Then we got out to the
1: van. And and we told this story, and Adam goes, "Whoa, guess he didn't see Dad."
0: <laughs> yeah. And the other time it happened when we report white trash. No, that wasn't it. They, they were just like yelling at everyone. So we got, we got I just got lumped into that. I was in the stand. those was far away. They were or gonna what? be like, "Everyone's poor white trash," except for that one right there. She's just half. Well, you did yell I out. Did yell, I'm Look up. again, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm upscale black. <laughs> How dare you?" <laughs> um, I was at Jerry's. It was that Jerry's sub place, pizza and sub. Yeah, they had the good cheese steaks, and I think it was it was also like a just a comment about like what a great tan I what I had. Yeah, and I know yeah. that people listening can be like, "How do you?" Like, why would you say that that somebody commenting on your tan makes you think that they think that you're white? Like, they don't see your black knit, that you're black. It's just one of those things you just know. Yeah. Like, it's just this how thing many, of,
1: How many people do you know comment to a black person, wow, you got a great tan going on?
0: Yeah, that is something that is exclusively to Caucasians and people of European descent. Because... Sure you are just like, wait a sec. And it's, and also I will have, it should be noted. And I, that's why I made the comment where I said, let me see her hair. Cause every time my hair was covered.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, granny says to pinky that she looks in on miss M every morning. And Pinky is walking behind her, and in her head, she's composing a telegram to this Tom. So this is where we learn that Tom is a doctor, Dr. Thomas Adams, at St. St. Bart's Hospital in Boston. And she's saying she would put on the telegram, returning by first train, meet me at station, please. Love you, love you, love you.
0: So at this point... I think the audience is meant to feel Pinky ran away because she has this secret. She obviously, she hasn't told Tom and she's been living. She's just been going along with a lie that was placed upon her. Right. She's
1: not, she's not living the lie. Yeah. People are putting the lie. People just
0: like placed her and was like here And they basically, it's like if you've ever, (laughs) this happened to me one time, if you've ever flown first class, or you, for some reason, I was on a plane one time, and this girl came up to me, she wanted to sit with her friend, and she had a first class ticket, and so the flight attendant was like, this is weird, but this girl really wants to sit with her friend, so would you mind switching with her? Her seat's like, and I just decided, I just said, yeah, I didn't even know where her seat was, and then I... I kept following the flight attendant, and it was up in first class. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and the flight attendant was like, "Yeah." Was like, <laughs> and sat down. And it was—it's one of those things of if you open the door and all, if somebody mistakes you for being wealthy all of a sudden, <laughs> and you're, and you just don't—you're not going to say, "No, I'm really poor." Don't give me the champagne. <laughs> You just go along with it and you just say, you've seen it in countless movies, the fish out of water, where the yeah. poor person becomes the, the rich person. And sadly, in America, that's what it's like. So Pinky was just, she just didn't have the heart. Look at how well my life is now. <laughs> I watch nature documentaries. I know what the world is like. It's a doggy dog world out there. She's just like... Everything is so much easier now.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Pinky is walking through the Black Town and people are giving her the eye. And she is looking for Jake Waters because uh, Dicey has been sending her money every month. And Dicey has been able to send her enough money that she was able to go through three years of nursing school. Mm-hmm. And, but the money stopped coming and um, Dicey can't read or write. And so she would take the money to Jake Waters and Jake Waters stopped sending it on to Pinky. He started keeping it for himself.
0: And so Pinky says to Dicey, oh, Grandma, I'm so glad that you stopped sending me the money because when Pinky was up north, she knew what her grandmother was doing of how she was just working herself so that she could send what little money that she had up to her. And Pinky was very relieved when her grandma stopped sending the money because she was like, you you know, I'm doing okay. Right. You, you know, don't send it to me. But then Dicey was like, oh, no, I have. And to, for Dicey, that was a source of pride. Yes. she was working hard. She was doing this because she didn't want um, Pinky to have to come back. Like she wanted a better life for Pinky. She, right. was, she was like, I, I don't mind working this hard and doing this and sending you the money because I know. And also Dicey, her goal was that she wanted to send Pinky up north to become a nursing student and a nurse. And then Pinky was going to come back down and she was going to help the, her community. So she was right. gonna then train other black nurses and and help out and do all of that. That was Dicey's dream, right? Of like lifting now, up the community. people might
1: be saying, "Where is she getting money?" Miss M wasn't paying her. She took in other people's laundry yeah. as well.
0: She was she was basically the the laundry. You were, the, her she was the fluff and fold. You dropped yes, her laundry off. She did it, ironed it, and dropped it back off in the evening for you. Well, Pinky
1: goes in, because Pinky don't take no mess. Yeah, because Pinky
0: was like, well, wait a second. I stopped getting the money. You kept sending it. (sighs) And, you know, who likes it when they find out that a member of their family is being fleeced?
1: No one. No one, especially when it's dicey. So she says, I came to get the money. Grandma gave you to send to me. And so then he's like, oh, why did you come back? Because of a white man?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, again, her name is Pinky. This is the, everybody knows who she is because everybody knows who the super lightest skinned person in the neighborhood is. That's, that's color. You got racism and then you got colorism. So yeah. Pinky's getting it from all sides. Yes,
1: she is. And then Jake goes, oh, you couldn't tell him? But you couldn't not tell him, and that's why you're <laughs> home.
0: And, and he's right.
1: At this point, his wife comes in, and she feels like um, Pinky is there to seduce him.
0: No, ma, because Pinky was Pinky. She's she's got her education. Pinky says, "Well, I'm gonna take you know, cause the guy's like hemming in a hall, and hauling, I don't have your money, whatever." And he's like, "Well." I'll take whatever you have then. So then the guy has to go and he goes into a purse. So, you know, that's not his money. That's right. Takes out, says, I only have a five and a 10. His wife comes, here's the five and the 10. The wife knows that that's her five and her 10. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and she's, then she's like, whoa, whoa. I don't, who, who, I don't know who this woman is. Why are you getting, that's my money. He doesn't have the right to take my money.
1: Now, I don't know why the police showed up at this point.
0: Well, the police are just out. They were doing their... Obviously, based on the one guy who jumps out of the police thing and he's just in a t-shirt, it's obvious they were just out to um, stop and frisk.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go, Mr. Bloomberg. Uh, and they go up to, to pinky and go, are these people bothering
0: you? Oh, well that's why they stopped because pinky.
1: Oh yeah. They were just driving and they, they saw, were driving
0: and they saw what they thought was a white woman being harassed by two black people. So that's why they stopped. Yes. And so then they get out and then they start, you know, like just going in hard on the two black people, the, Walter. And then they
1: say to, to the wife, pull your dress up.
0: And I thought, what?
1: Oh, because in her stockings, she's got a knife.
0: Yeah. Because she she's, Cause she's a stupid. woman in the South. I exactly. mean, actually, you know what? I take that back. Sorry, <laughs> South. She's a woman.
1: And the police say, did, did Jake molest you or did the girl give you sass? Like, and then Pinky goes, yes, I'm colored. My grandma's dicey. So then they go, okay, all three of you are going, going to the station.
0: Yeah. So I, the police were very nice. But then instead of just going along with it, which is what Pinky had done up north, she comes right out and says, well, I'm black. What are you going to do about it? Not like, what are you going to do about it? But she's like, no, I'm black too. And then the cops get super mad about that because, yeah. of, like, man, white people do not like being fooled.
1: Not about that. <laughs> and they take him into town and we see a, a long shot of a Civil War monument.
0: Yeah, because.
1: So they take him to the judge. The judge searches Pinky. Oh, the judge tells uh, the deputy search her. And because
0: they did not because they searched the, the two black people, but they didn't search Pinky because they thought she was white. And they're like, did you search her? And they're like, oh, no, we didn't because we thought she was white. And so then they have to search her. And so then Pinky's like, oh, did- see, this is why when I got placed in the white car, I didn't say anything.
1: Right, right. Okay, so um, the judge just tells him, keep your hands off of other people's money. Next time you're going to jail, everybody leaves. But he, he keeps Pinky in, and he says he remembers when she was little and that she graduated with three years training as a nurse. And he just tells her, try to keep out of trouble. Okay. <clears throat> it's the evening and Pinky's going for a walk. Now she should know better, but she doesn't. She
0: just needs to clear her mind.
1: And evidently an envelope came because granny puts the envelope in her pocket and Jake comes in and he sees that envelope and he t- takes it out of her pocket.
0: Oh, uh, Jake's, Jake's a great scoundrel character.
1: Jake is quite a scoundrel. And, See, Dicey, Granny can't read the letter, and he says, I'll read it for you, but she knows she doesn't want Jake to know what's in that letter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she, she burns it up.
0: Do you see the, the power? This is why it was illegal to teach and have black people read and right. write because there's power because it's education. It's yep. knowledge is power.
1: But Jake says, I memorized the name and address. And I'll send him a telegram, and I'll make sure that Pinky stays here. That's what you want, mm-hmm. uh, but it will be a deductible item from the money that I owe you.
0: Yeah, because he stole all that money, but you know,
1: he's ah, always got he, yeah, he's always got a scam going. Well, Pinky hears a train, and she's walking, and two white dudes in a convertible come by and try to pick her up. And then they put on their brights because she's in front of them so they can see through her dress. And they're drinking.
0: Drinking and, and driving.
1: And they say, you want to have some fun? So you know it's going to turn ugly. And they start to assault her. And well, she's they able start,
0: they start to assault. Doesn't she tell them that she's... Because yeah. they're like, why are you walking in, you know, the black part of the town? They don't use those parlance words right which nerd alert so remember walter white and then double they didn't want because there is use of the n-word in this film yeah they didn't want to use it but jane she was like that's the parlance of the times like that's what they would have that's what they would say yeah yeah so she was there was a fracture between that like do they have that or don't they so and yeah. then um so they're asking her why they're you know in that part of the town, ta- uh, yeah, the town that she's walking, in, and she's defiant. She's like, "Because I'm black, this is my town," and that is not what those two young drunk no. white men wanted to hear. Because when she said, "I am black," that meant to them, "You're allowed to do whatever you want to me Fair because game. I am apparently not a human being." So that's right.
1: Well, she she gets the drop on them and she runs away to. Granny's shack, and she gets her suitcase and she's starting to pack.
0: Yes, it's just like, you know
1: what? I I don't need to do this. I haven't been
0: in the South in a minute. I forgot about this. I don't don't need this. I'm going back to Boston. Which to me, that's funny because doesn't Boston have a, a reputation?
1: yes yes not
0: that i'm going back to harlem she's like i'm going back to boston yeah boston
1: yeah well she was okay in boston until somebody finds out well granny comes in and she says miss m her heart is given out um and pinky's like oh she had one <laughs> yeah Pinky, Pinky doesn't let up and uh granny says i i she says to the lord i hope You'd take me before Miss M.
0: Oh, and that that infuriated me. Just I was just with I was so with Pinky on this corner.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
0: are you kidding me?
1: Well, Miss M needs a nurse around the clock. And so Dicey is using pulling all the strings to say, look, she doesn't have long. I just want you to stay long enough until she dies. Just stay with her, be her nurse until she dies. And,
0: but then Dicey, Dicey completely buried the headline on this because it comes out that when Dicey had pneumonia and couldn't work, that Miss M took care of her Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, pinky is fighting back. Like this woman, what does she ever do for you? And Dicey's like, whoa, when I was laid up with my ammonia, Miss M took care of me, and Pinky says, how? Like, what? What did she do, you know? Just some send somebody to check in on you? And Dicey says, no, she stayed here. She slept in your room. She was here. She's my friend. She and,
1: emptied my slop bucket. Yeah,
0: she emptied my slop bucket, you know? And then, that was always great. That was a great moment, I think, in this film, because all of a sudden, this woman, Miss M, who was in the big house, mm-hmm. and you have this whole impression of, it was, oh, wait, so Miss M, like, basically waited on you and did all of the, those, like, that white lady her, yeah. mm-hmm. in that house, did it, she did all that for you?
1: Yeah.
0: I, and I, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, dicey. You buried the lead. You should have led with that. That should have been your first thing. Yeah. She exactly. stayed in this. She stayed here. She slept here. She emptied my poop and my pee. She wiped me. Like yeah. She's my friend. Oh.
1: Well, Pinky's still kind of pissed though, and she's Pinky said I'd forgotten what it was like. Just let her die. And, and Dicey Pinky's says
0: had it with the South. Almost got <laughs> raped.
1: If they educated the heart out of you, um, then you're going to go take care of Miss M, she says. So Pinky continues packing and her granny starts helping her pack. You know, if this is what you're going to do, then I'm going to help you. But that's when she went through. She nursed me when I was Mm -hmm. sick with pneumonia. She cooked me, fed me with a spoon, even emptied my slough. And uh, uh, my, I can't believe my own grandchild has a hard heart. Well, so Pinky was like, oh no,
0: she, And then, what about the part where she leaves and calls her trash?
1: So the next scene, Pinky is in her uniform, walking up to the big house, and the doctor's saying, "There's no phone here, so you're going to have to use your own judgment. Have you ever given a hypodermic before?" Oh, and by the way, Miss M can't pay you for your services. Uh, But I'll be back to look in on her tomorrow afternoon. So the clock strikes four. And and Pinky
0: says, I understand. I'm not doing it for her. I'm doing it for my grandma. Right, right. And when he says the hypodermic and all the medical stuff, she looks it over. She's like, I'm a graduate nurse. And the doctor's like, whoa all right, then yeah. you got this. I'm going to go. He doesn't say this, but if it was now, he would be like, I'm going to go play some golf then. Yeah. Cause you've exactly. got this.
1: So then she is, she's quizzing. Who are you? Oh, you're pinky. So she starts ordering her around, which pinky really, really can't take.
0: I don't. But as we mentioned before, M is, ethel barrymore she is so while you're like i don't want to like this woman there's just this sparkle in her sorry her dead eyes a little (laughs) twinkle of mischief in those black circles of death that you've referred to
1: (laughs) and she's saying i know what the doctor says but i don't want any of that dr dope and then she collapses again Okay, so Pinky does give her a hypo, and then Pinky hears the train whistle again. Next scene, Pinky's home, and she needs to get a little bit of sleep because she's got to go back. Miss M's a little better. Uh, The doctor wanted her to get some rest, and she notices Granny is unpacking her suitcase.
0: Yeah, why are you putting that back in the drawers? Uh,
1: And Pinky's going, well, she just has a few days at the most. Um, but she means to put me in my place just as she kept you all those years. So Pinky's still got an attitude.
0: Well, um, it's, it's not exactly as if M is not bossing her around. She is bossing her around. Miss M does boss her around. Like she's. Like if you're looking at it from Pinky's point of view, it's like you're just being disrespectful and bossing me around like I'm I'm your slave or something. Right,
1: because she's not treating her as as you would a professional nurse. She's treating her as you would uh, someone who works for you.
0: Mm-hmm. subservient, paternalistic, yes, very and, much. And um, Dicey's thing is. That's the way she treats everybody.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we meet Dr. Kennedy, um, who Aaron says is my type. And Dr. Kennedy...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. He wasn't a black football player <laughs> who was smart. Well, okay, okay I'll take it. <laughs> um,
1: and, and Dr. Kennedy wants to invite... Pinky to dinner with, with his wife. Cause I thought maybe this would be a new love interest,
0: oh, that's right. but it
1: wasn't. Wife. He has girls in Leesburg and he wants to set up training for them. And, uh, and Pinky could do that training cause she is a graduate of nursing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't be full nurses, but they could probably be like attending they would be a
0: lot better than what they have now. And it's part of that. um, You know, like the, like taking care, taking care of ourselves, you know, not because nobody is, is um, it's not like we have an abundance of doctors and nurses and because where are the schools there? It's segregated times. Nobody, it's hard to get into schools because they're like, so, Oh, Oh, you're black. No, you can't come in here. So it's hard. And that, that was what those Dicey's whole dream. That's why the doctor came by because Dicey wanted to send her granddaughter up North, get educated and come back down Mm -hmm. and spread that education
1: and share it around. Uh, but Dicey goes, no, I'm not planning on coming back here. You know, I'm, I'm going up North. I've been there. I'm going back to the promised land. Well, the next scene, Pinky is dusting. Miss M's bedroom, mm-hmm. not what nurses do. And and as she's dusting, she's telling Miss M, I'm a trained
0: nurse. Um Yeah, isn't well, it's not like she's dusting um sing, whistling zippity doo dah No. You know? She's dusting as
1: I used to dust when it was my job to it dust. She did.
0: It looked very familiar. I'm like, that's how you clean a house. That's your With cleaning some the house space. It's that's attitude, right. and that's how I cl- when I clean. It's because I'm mad. I damn it! Why aren't these floors just staying clean on their own? I know. I haven't done anything, and yet I come. Okay, I take so my anyway. shoes off when I enter. What is this dirt? I don't understand.
1: But Ethel Barrymore says to her, "Don't be so upset. I'll be dead soon, <laughs> and you'll be free to go back north." So Pinky goes home, and Tom is there. Her Tom is there, uh, and he he had sent the telegram. That was what Dicey burned in the in the fire.
0: And he says, "You know why are you, why are you here? Are you doing charity work?" Yeah, because she's doing. Because at this point, is is she helping Dicey with the laundry?
1: she is helping Dicey with the laundry and she kept worrying that her hair wasn't nice. And, and she took off the apron that she had on because yeah, and she had her collar I mean, have,
0: tucked in. Yeah.
1: Heaven forbid he saw her doing, uh, uh, uh yeah, this was a, and at
0: a- this point I did get taken out of the movie. There are many times where I got taken out of the movie where I'm like, that lady's white. This was one of them because she's working, she's sweating and her hair is bone straight? Yeah, just, around
1: around hey, the sweat line uh, of her hairline, there are no escaping curls. It's
0: just it's just no. really taking it. At at, at this point, I'm just like this movie isn't made for me. It's not no, made for. They didn't
1: have the Brazilian blowout oh, back then. There's no way. Plus, I didn't like that she didn't want him to see her doing manual labor. But anyway. Uh, but well, remember, because, he, he but doesn't that's,
0: know. Yeah, but that's because, like, she she's living these two different worlds. So her worlds are colliding in this moment. And she's, you know, has presented herself as being this uh, northern sophisticate, an elite. And she's coming yeah. down. And also, she also has to break the news to this guy. Uh, this is big news that she has to break. Yeah. So she says. Oh, I love the speech that she gives. Well, I don't
1: have the whole speech, but she does say, don't you know who lives in this kind of a house? Uh, An old colored woman who can't read or write, who is a laundress and lives on scraps from white people. So her granddaughter could be spared that life. And you know what? He didn't do the what or the eyes that pop out and go, whoa, 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 um, At this point, we see Gran. And so she tells Tom, please go. But they both get in the car and drive off.
0: Well, yeah. The- I mean, you skip the part where she tells Tom and I'm the granddaughter. Right. So that's the part okay. where she's telling Tom, so her granddaughter
1: could oh so her yeah. granddaughter could be spared that life, and I am that said mm-hmm. granddaughter Allah Kamala Kamala
0: yeah and and then so at that point it's you're a doctor, I don't have to spell it out for you you know what this means
1: but and he okay okay, so then they go by a crick they stop by a crick that's the sow. And she's telling her life story. And then she's uh, remembering how they met. And um, he calls her Pat because she went by Patricia instead of Pinky up north.
0: <laughs> Which Miss, Miss M said Pinky was better. <laughs> she's like, what, what do they call you up north? And Pinky goes, Patricia. And Ah, and, uh, Ethel. Line read. The first lady of America theater goes, He's better, <laughs> uh,
1: and so he's going. Oh, poor Pat, let's try. We can try to fix these problems rationally. I'm a doctor, I'm a scientist, I know that there is no superior race, um, but I want to hold myself under a microscope to be sure that I don't have hidden prejudices. Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, oh wow, that was yeah. not the ex that was not how I thought Tom was gonna be in no. this situation. No Troy Donahue
1: here. He says, I have two plane tickets. Uh we can leave here. It'll be our secret. No one else has to know. And she goes, I'm on a case. Um, but I'll message you as soon as the old lady dies. <laughs> So she's in the big house and a white lady comes it um Icy we, spoon uh, from Icy the Sp- other movie
0: <laughs> I just uh, I just remember her face uh, but it was such a typical white I know woman. but there was just something about like it, it, it wasn't so much her face it was just the energy that she brought she just like had she just had super old white lady energy. Just she did that air of like, like superiority. Yeah. It's, it's like that, oh, uh, Idris Elba, sorry night live sketch where instead of like the Hulk, when he gets angry, he turns into a, a white lady. She, it's <laughs> that she's just, she's the white lady Hulk.
1: So she says, so you're the one, well, you're practically white uh, and we're cousins. Uh, no, I'm a cousin. I'm looking over what will, uh, and she's looking over the whole house going, this is going to be mine. Yes, yeah, she's wah- just wah- 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 licking wah-
0: her chops. Meanwhile, she looks older than Ethel Barrymore. Yeah, she
1: does, who's on her deathbed. Well, she goes up, Pinky goes up and tells Ethel Barrymore, yeah, you know, Doofus is here. And she goes, don't leave me alone with her. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't leave me alone with her. Um, so she goes in, and Ethel Barrymore is pretending to nap, so she doesn't have to interact.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like not someone, the first one to pull that. Yeah, like someone reading books. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, and so the uh, what what is her name cousin? I forget what I her name her she's
0: name. like Mel Melbly or something. Well, yeah Maybly, old lady Welbly. yeah
1: white lady. Uh, says, well, she's either n- napping or she's doped. Um, and then she tells Pinky, go tell George to put the brake on the car. She just wants Pinky out of the room so that she can talk to Ethel
0: Barrymore. Right. And, you know, cause we saw her when she came up, George was the black guy. She had a black chauffeur. Oh, yeah. So she was being very condescending of course.
1: So she goes, I came here to warn you about Pinky. And uh, there was a whole thing about a brooch. And and um, Ethel Barrymore goes, well, I'm going to be making my will. She doesn't want to hear that. She doesn't want Ethel to have a will. Because if Ethel, Miss M, has a will, she can leave everything to other people. If she doesn't have a will, it goes right to her
0: next uh, family,
1: which is... Old lady, white, old white lady.
0: By marriage, too. She's She married the yeah. blood relative.
1: And she, uh, so uh, Miss M is going, you got to go. Um, and she goes, well, don't make a will. Don't make a will. So as soon as she leaves, Miss M says to Pinky, get me a pen and a paper. And at this point, Pinky is starting to appreciate Miss M. Well,
0: yeah, you they, they through the, the whole scene, turning. they sort of have this she knows that Pinky realizes that Miss M doesn't, like, really doesn't care for this cousin, Icy Spoon, we'll call her, and <laughs> they share these uh, smiles. You know, they'll smile when, you, when you're when you with, there's, like, three people, and you're two people, and, the, like, you neither one of you like the third person, and so you know how you have, like, those, you'll sneak those little... You'll say something completely the innocuous, but you'll share like the eye rolls and the laughing. and and so it, this whole scene is meant to show that Pinky has some affection for mrs. for Miss M. And Miss M is, like I was saying before, she's just a cranky lady to everyone. Like she has right. her. She has her weird sense of humor and stuff, so the things that she was making pinky do, you're meant to say that it wasn't, but in 2020, parlance. Meh. Yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to dust. She was very condescending to her. Yeah So it's just you're meant to, in 1949, be like, "Oh, though we had this old white lady wrong." But we kind of didn't okay she's not in the kkk but
1: and she did take care of dicey when dicey was sick yay but she didn't invite dicey to come live in the big house yeah you know okay so anyway she says to pinky get me a pen and paper you take the rest of the day off she writes her will and she hides it in a book um, well, then Pinky comes back. She hears broken glass. Miss M is down, but not dead. <laughs> down, but not out. Miss M comes to, and it has been an hour. Ah. And I wrote almost absolutely everything that happened because it was all important.
0: It was. I gotta say, I, like I said, I did not fall asleep in this movie. I don't think it's. <sighs> Like, it's not a fantastic movie, but it certainly is very intriguing. And there's so many different new, there's nuances to this that I wasn't expecting in a 1949 film. Yeah. I was like, oh, like the whole thing with Tom. I was like, oh, I did not see it going that
1: way. You know, I'm a scientist, but. But let me let me check myself. Yeah. You
0: know? He was like, well, let, like I don't really believe in all this, but I know the world that I live in. So let me just think about how this is going to affect everything. Right. and I'll get back and to as, you on it.
1: As long as you keep our secret, I'm good with it. <laughs> OK, so we uh, both of us said that we we tried to do a POC count or a euro count. There are a
0: lot of white people in this film.
1: And there were a lot of people of color in this film.
0: Yeah, there were. So
1: there you go. I'm going to say I believe that the people of color outnumbered the white people in the film.
0: I don't think so because the court scene. <gasps> okay. There were, they, Fair enough. I kept <clears throat> waiting for them to pan up to the peanut gallery and they didn't. There yeah. was only there white was, people in the court yeah. scene.
1: There was no peanut gallery to. To so at this point, Atticus.
0: like if you're like, oh well, what's gonna happen? Then go rent the movie because it's gonna be spoilers for he- from here on. Yeah, now.
1: spoilers from now on. And yeah, so you can rent it, uh, three ninety nine on iTunes, and then come back and listen to the rest. Mm-hmm. Okay, nerd alert! Oh, also, I think Give... it's on YouTube. Oh yeah, it is on YouTube. But
0: but uh, we like it, to we like to keep this legit. This is a yeah. legit operation.
1: It is. Uh, okay, Aaron. Uh, nerd alerts: We haven't heard yet.
0: Okay, nerd alerts. So, Ilya Kazan's directing style. They also they often talk about uh, cinematic realism, but Ilya Kazan was known as an actor's director. Oh. Brando, <gasps> James Dean, and he said that casting was ninety percent. If your movie was going to be a success or failure, ninety percent of that had to do with casting. He didn't like using big stars because they tended to be poorly trained or not enough training and they weren't pliable. And right. he liked to get to know his character, he liked to get to know his the actors and like who they were and what motivated them so that then he could get the, the what he wanted out of them. You know, like, like with coaching and stuff. And like with teaching. Like not everybody responds to the same technique. So he liked to try to get to know the actors to figure out what was going to motivate them. So he worked with a lot of big names. You go and see the actors that he worked with early in their career. Like Warren Beatty. I mentioned James Dean. It was all before they were big time. So they were malleable. He could get to know them and figure out how to push what buttons. Marlon Brando. Um, and then, according to film historian Joanna Roth, so he liked the realism, but that, he liked the realism with the characters. He didn't... He kind of then would manipulate um, the cinema language to be more of the feeling. Because like in this movie, I noticed that they did, since it was black and white, they would do things with the lighting, make things ominous. At the very end, when this was something that jumped out to me, when when she gets the house and she's won the case, and it's her and Tom going through the house, and she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? There's a scene where she's hanging on the banister, and she's in the light i mean she's she's in the shadow of the banister so it makes her darker and that's like kind of when she's like what am i supposed to do and i think that's kind of when she gets it kind of you know she's like what was miss m talking about and the whole time i'm like they they telegraphed this this is what you're supposed to like we know what you're supposed to do um but i thought it was interesting because i didn't notice i was like oh her she's in the shadow now so her face is darker
1: see i didn't see any of that
0: and and when miss m dies like she's in the darkness and just how like that's lit so it's not like his style while it's realistic it's realistic with the character's emotions not so Ah. much realistic in the actual documentary because there'll be different cinematic and lighting different techniques and stuff um excellent okay so remember how I said when I first saw this, when I first saw her walking, I was like, wow, she looks like Lena Horne. Yes. Because I remember, and and I didn't mention it last week in Cabin in the Sky, but that was a thing in Stormy Weather. Remember how when we did Stormy Weather, we talked about it, how Lena Horne, she did get flack um, yes. because she had a very... Like her, her like her nose was very. It was more slender, and her yes. features were more. How do you say it? Like, like, I, I quite yeah. <laughs> not not like that. That that. But just in. Not that that's better or anything, but but for the time, like people. It was just her skin color that was darker and her features. Right. And so, you know, and she had a great quote. Go back to the Stormy Weather. I know that I said the quote about it because she did get flack about that kind of thing because colorism and she was lighter skin and stuff. So I, right. and that's why when I looked at it, because I remember last week seeing, and, and I really saw her nose and stuff, and I was like, oh, wow. I, I get what they're saying about that. Like, it does mm-hmm. make sense that she unfortunately in the times would be picked of like, Oh, this is a face that it's not going to cause white audiences. It's not that much of a stretch to be like, this is beautiful. Right. Which right. is sad and super problematic.
1: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Um, but I, that's why I was like, <clears throat> Oh man, what would this movie have been like if it was Lena Horne because I was taken out of the movie a lot. Cause I'm just like, that's a mm-hmm. white lady. That's a white lady. Right. And I'm having right. to do all the, the the gymnastics of being like, no, but she's really black. No, but she's really black. So Lena Horne. I thought she
1: did a good job of it.
0: Oh, I have more on that. So Lena okay. Horne and Dorothy Dandridge, right. they wanted this part. Because this right. is 20th Century Fox. This is a big movie. But they ended up not getting it because Daryl Zanuck, he, so this movie wasn't for black people. It was for white people. And Zanuck believed that white audiences would feel more comfortable with a white actress in the role, especially in the love scenes. Exactly. So it's just—it's just gonna su- kiss a white man. Yeah, and yeah, audiences no, no. are gonna be looking at it and be like, "Oh my god!" And then like, "Oh wait," but that's really a white woman. So it's super fucked up. Mm-hmm. But that's America.
1: That even happened with, um, Bab Streisand and omar sharif in funny girl and when did that come out late 60s
0: oh i mean it's the history of it remember the pelican brief like that got cut
1: oh yeah denzel
0: washington and julia roberts and that was in the 90s so Ilya kazan he wanted it to be I mentioned Lena Horne, Dorothy Dandridge. There was also talk of Freddie Washington, who was in the 19, I believe, 34 version of Imitation of Life. Mm. She was an actress and she was super light skinned. And um. but, you know, Zanek was the boss. So he made the decision and Kazan because John Ford was he started this film. Can you imagine yes. John Ford? Like, while I'm watching this, I'm like, this is not a John Ford movie at all. Which is why he lasted one week. Yeah, because Zanuck saw the dailies and was like, my guy, you do not get what this movie is about. And so Ilya Kazan didn't even know what the movie was about. He just felt that he owed so much to Daryl Zanuck that when Daryl Zanuck called him up in New York and said, can you take over this film without even seeing what it was? He was just like, I'm there for you. You need me? Uh I'm on this. And so then he showed up. He was like, all right, I can handle this. Um, But Kazan, he wasn't happy with Jeannie. What were were we saying? With Crane, Miss Crane. Yeah. He said that she was a sweet kid, but she was like a Sunday school teacher. And she didn't have any fire. But then he came to realize that that was a good thing so far in direction. How she had no temperament. You felt that Pinky was just floating through all of her experiences without really reacting to anything. To any of them, which is exactly what passing is. Right. So he was like, oh, actually, though. So in the moment, he's not liking it. He's just like, she's a school teacher. She's not, there's no reaction from her. She's just floating. And then later, he realizes, oh, that is what passing is. So he was, because she actually was better than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And I ran out of time to really real to do any research about what she like how she approached. Yeah, the I part. didn't see
1: anything about her. Yeah. Um.
0: Let's see. The oh, in the book, Tom dumps Pinky as soon as she find as he finds out. He's like, I'm out. Yeah, in reality, and then also in the book, Pinky gets the property, but it's but all the white people burn it down. I I really was was waiting for that. I was waiting for for the bonfire. Oh, okay. They 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 changed that. Um, I got a lot of information from a couple articles, like the origins of interracial Oscar bait by Hannah Graves. And then there was another article that I, I didn't finish reading. Passing for Horror, Race, Fear, and Ilya Kazan's Pink by Miriam J. Petty. They're oh. very, very interesting. Um, let's see. My nerd alerts. So Jane White, who was the script doctor on this. Right. She, it she got it. She went to school. I forget where she went. She went to like a fancy school up north. And there's an anecdote about how one of her white uh, classmates came up to her and said, I'm going to drop out if you don't leave. And <laughs> Jane was like, "How's that affect me?
1: Like, Bye-bye.
0: Yeah. And so then the white one was like, I'm going to go to the school and went to the school. And they were like, all right, there's the door. Bye-bye. And... Uh, <laughs> So the the I think she just stayed and was like did not go the way I thought it was gonna go, but it reminded me of the scene at the end of the movie where Pinky goes in to buy the veil, yeah. and you know they think she's white, so she they're like okay, well here it is, ma'am. They're being nice. There's like how much is it? It's two ninety eight. Gives her the five dollars, and then old icy spoon comes in. And I forget what she's asking for, but the lady's kind of like, well, I'll be right there. And then she yells up to the owner, googly guy, and says, since when, when a white w- woman comes in, that you serve a black woman before you serve a white woman and causes like this whole scene and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like, just shade.
1: And then the veil goes up to four ninety eight. Yeah, then the
0: veil goes up to <laughs> 498 and, you know, Pinky's like, uh, there's $5 there. Like, fine, fucker. <laughs> like, just give me that And they mail. didn't even wear the veil to the funeral. Meh, yeah. Meh. The scene got cut. Um, But she was considered too light for black roles. And because of racist hiring practices, she wasn't allowed to be considered for white roles. Mm-hmm. So she was just kind of in this limbo. And unfortunately, at least we got her work on this, her mm-hmm. fingerprint. Interesting. So, the makeup artist for Crane, they were going through all... He got out his grease paint and was trying to be like... Can you imagine the makeup test for this film? Those must have been hilarious. He ended were up... they trying to blackface her? Well, he tried all of them. They ended up going with a lighter shade than what she normally wore in any movie. So, oh, wow. in effect... Crane appears whiter in this film when she's playing a black person than any of her other films. She is. Oh my is gosh! In. And I have from that horror and race thing. I, here's a there was something that I wanted to read because the, the, this I kind of felt I was like this movie isn't. Like, it's Black History Month and it has black people in it, but this is not for black people. This is one of those movies, like, for white people of, like...
1: That's why the white person chose it.
0: Yeah, like, get your shit together. So, you have... uh, Well, you know what? I'm going to... Buckle in, people. I'm going to read both of these paragraphs. Okay. So, like I said, this is from... Oh, I said it before, but a useful point of comparison here is the performance of light-skinned black actress Freddie Washington in the 1934 imitation of life. Washington's body and performance, combined with the character Peola, create to create what Anna Everett termed the "quote Piola discourse" and "quote authenticating aura," that made imitation of life, despite its many shortcomings wildly popular with black actresses, quote, far beyond the limits of the tragic mulatta icon, Everett writes, Washington's piola generated a signifying chain of highly complex social, historical, economical, racial, and psych, psych, (laughs) physical hmm, meanings for black spectators, end quote, because her, quote, degree, zero of representational whiteness imparted the resistant character with a genuine spirit of black self-representation so because you knew freddie washington was black she's going through this part by contrast crane's body can never be separated from its whiteness the extra filmic narrative of pinky in which quote white actress genie did we say it was genie Yeah, we did. Jeannie Crane has been cast as a mulatto and, quote, asserts that white passing for black is acceptable, while Pinky's main context simultaneously maintains that black passing for white is not. The social context of white supremacist American culture that makes this paradox possible is evident in the history of Hollywood cinema, a history in which whites have, quote, enjoyed the unilateral pejorative prerogative <laughs> have enjoyed the unilateral prerogative of acting in blackface red face brown face and yellow face while the reverse has rarely been the case mm-hmm. so I was like oh yeah that I mean that kind of nails it it's like uh-huh. it, just by that <clears throat> casting it's like this movie's not, it's right. not for me all right those are my ner- nerd alerts
1: okay so we are to reheatable okay I have I have lengthy negative readable. I do too. Okay. Well, the attempted rape. Yeah. Definitely. Jake, you know, taking money from the the salt of the earth woman because she can't read and write.
0: Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of someone who uh, take advantage of his sister.
1: Uh, just between us, like the doctor, first of all, the doctor was going to move to Denver without even telling her, oh, by the way, we're moving to Denver yeah. and then we'll just keep this between us. Well,
0: Denver. the reason he's moving to Denver is because he realized that he was like, oh, that's right. This is Boston.
1: Yeah. It's going to uh, be real ugly. <laughs> we're gonna go,
0: we got to go to Denver.
1: It was. It was definitely, uh, the haves and the have nots, uh, that granny's granny was so devoted to this white woman who took far more than she gave.
0: She did, but I mean, she did, she did at least take care of her when she was sick. She
1: did. But she never said, "Hey, we're two old ladies. Come
0: move into the house yeah. with me."
1: She was you still know? like,
0: "Whoa!" It was kind of like the the whole like, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington kind of thing. Like, man, this is like really wrong. But these are the times.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's working.
0: You hey, know, it's making me a lot of money. Hey, slaves! Oh, uh, when Martha's done, then you're done. But we gotta, we gotta, you know. I, I can't just free you <laughs> and I, I gotta wait martha yeah, goes but yeah but. um uh when
1: when icy spoons goes in and says you gotta wait on me i don't care if you're in the middle of a transaction with a black woman
0: and that's the, not what she said i believe
1: <laughs> well no not quite um the doctor wasn't willing to fight
0: for the will Oh, he wasn't willing to testify because he got cornered by all the townspeople. And yeah. he's I got to make money in this town, too.
1: Um, Wait, I'm going to I'm going to save that for a good reheatable. Um, Pinky. Oh, yeah. Pinky feeling ashamed for Tom to see her working. We already talked about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and the price jump of the veil just because, oh, Oh, all of a sudden you're a black woman. Well, that's up $2. Mm-hmm. Those are my negatives.
0: All right, my negatives. Um, Ethel Waters getting an Oscar nomination for this role, but not getting it for Cabin in the Sky. Because mm-hmm. in this role, she's playing a subservient person to white people. And yes. For an interesting, um, if you ever feel like it going into Oscar nominations of black characters and what the character is that they got the Oscar nomination for. Uh Because you'll notice this year, Cynthia Revo, she got nominated for Best Actress, but she was playing a former slave, Harriet Tubman, and Nipita Nwongo won the Best Actress for playing a slave. And you'll just go, go through them to see what gets you nominated. And it's always playing someone who is subservient to white yeah. people. Wow. Whereas I thought she was way I thought she was great in this, but I thought she was way better in Cabin in the Sky. Well,
1: she had a bigger uh, a more meaty role in Yeah, Cabin
0: and in the she sky. wasn't, you know, unpaid doing white people's she wasn't laundry. She was so
1: happy to be doing laundry just, for free. She was
0: just real happy. Um, which was my next reheatable of how Dicey's just it, because too. the problem is like i said earlier is that this film isn't made for black people it's not made right. for white black audiences it's made for white audiences and dicey's character is the character who is just content in her position those and happy slaves
1: sing those songs
0: just singing the songs and it's just like <clears throat> one day one day it's all gonna come together
1: you're Don't like, when worry I die one
0: day. And it's just the, the kicking of the can and the th- and that's why everyone is so mad now because we're tired of kicking the can down the road.
1: Right.
0: It's just like uh um the yeah, and then you got the paternalistic M telling Pinky, she's like she's the one that tells even though dicey said you need to be who you are it you know m has to throw in her two cents and be like you know you're and black right She
1: listens to
0: yeah um and then like we were saying earlier about i'm just like where'd she get them eyes though like the where'd she get them eyes she got such light eyes and straight hairs that whole taking me out of it yeah Oh, this was brought up in one of the articles that I mentioned, how Pinky doesn't, in the end, it's not, there isn't a a suitable black uh, character, a suitable, like, she doesn't have a black suitor. Because, you know, at the end, she opens the place, and I was thinking, like, oh, she would get with the doctor or something, but she couldn't because of racism, because even though she's a black woman, in the movie that's made for the white audiences, the white audiences know that that's a white woman, so she couldn't mm-hmm. end up with a black man and she give her a half even hand like, Right, put her arm through
1: his arm. Yeah, no. Like, so that's never mind a kiss. It's just like, it's yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, battery heatable segregation. I just, oh well, yeah. That's always a bad, because it's so, as someone who is uh, mulatto, mixed, biracial, it's so dumb. <laughs> it is. Y'all are the same motherfuckers. I swear. (laughs) It's so dumb. Um, And then... Oh, yeah. And then why didn't Granny say hey? Oh, like, Granny not, like, hiding the thing, like, of... Like, she was my friend. She came and helped me and healed me and stuff. Yeah. Oh, this... It goes to what I was saying earlier... Just minorities just being the ones constantly bending over backwards to make America, and I put America in quotes, comfortable. That's what this movie is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, why we have the white actress, Jeannie Crane, playing the role. Yeah, because we don't
1: want to offend anybody.
0: uh, Who it's based to, how you know, she doesn't end up with a black guy at the end, no black doctor or anything. It's just always because it's a message film directed at them to be like, this is so dumb. Look what, like, hey, we can do better. But, and it's just always just the bending over backwards of minorities to just make you feel better. Just like, we're not going to have Lena Horne in this role because it's going to make it, it's going to offend you too much. So here we're going to put this white actress. We're going to make her like super white um, we're gonna do, we're gonna bend up we're gonna have this like old white woman tell her that this is what needs to happen. We're gonna have an old black woman who was uh, just fine and, and whistling and doing all the work and happy at her place in the life and stuff, just just bending just everyone bending over backwards. And then the, the problem is is that they, people get t- like, why am I doing all the work? Why am I the one doing all the work? getting all of the flack, having to deal with all the pressure and doing all the work. And that's why I liked pinky in this. Cause she recognized that in 1949. Um, and then, Oh, this was also from the passing of oh, like her appearance. Her appearance also may have been subtly. Pivotal in helping undermine the vision of black humanity that the film claimed to champion. Ah. Because in in having to bend over backwards and cast a white actress, it also subtly undermines the whole thing. And that's why it's hilarious because it's so dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. Those are my bad reheatables.
1: Okay, my good reheatables were that um, Pinky was a devoted nurse. Even though she didn't want to nurse Miss M, she, that, that's how she was trained, and so she went in there and she did her job the best she could.
0: Yeah. Because I
1: was thinking, load up that hypo oh, and she's stick gonna, it in she's there. She's
0: going to take the pillow and just... That's
1: right. That's right. Um, That she did go to nurse Miss M... Because of her granny, because mm-hmm. granny wanted her to do it. So, so she did it. Um, oh, when, um, when she's in, when she's buying the um, veil in the store and they're questioning if her $5 is, is a legitimate piece of currency. And she goes, it's honest money. My granny earned it by harder work than selling goods over the counter.
0: (laughs) Shots fire. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew.
1: Uh, The judge did take the case. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to, but he did take the case. And who said, I can't live without pride?
0: Oh, she does. Pinky does. Because that's when Tom tells her, Oh Pinky Johnson is dead we're just gonna go to Denver it'll be fine because Tom while well, he didn't throw her to the curb he did he was under the pretense that she was gonna continue to pretend like she was white she
1: was gonna pass yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride this train all the way to the I'm gray. telling
0: you there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of people out there it, y'all got fooled more than you think you did
1: yep yep so those oh wait Um, but there's one time that jake says uh i uh was it jake i got a nice Nice house house and and no no fire fire insurance
0: insurance. (laughs) yep that's the quote
1: so so there's just so much i can do for you Uh guys he's like they're gonna come burn me out
0: yeah my good reheatable is I thought that the end was actually a really good reheatable because she opens the clinic. Sure, it has Miss M's name on it, but it's this institution and it's just mm-hmm. her. And she's not, because the, the, a lot of she articles. Don't need no man. Yeah, exactly. They were always saying, like, how, oh, the tragic mulatto figure, once they find out she didn't throw herself off a cliff or anything like that. She was just like, you know what? I'm black. I'm going to help my community. Yeah. That wasn't good. And then, okay, I know that I spent a whole bunch of time <laughs> talking about how I would have preferred for it not to have been a white actress cast. Right. But I do recognize, like, this is America, and so the casting of her, it isn't, it, it's a movie for white people. And when you look at it from that point of view, it sucks because it, does reinforce the racism that is within the society because it's like oh we have to bend over backwards to make you feel comfortable but i understand why Zanny said that because and if she
1: were able to do her ancestry today who says that she didn't have some black in her
0: I mean, it didn't appear that she did, but <laughs> you know, yeah, stranger things have happened. But it was—it is just a way of trying and shoehorning in to be like, this is dumb because you're looking at it and you're just like, oh man. And there was also in that horror. Oh, it's a, it's a really interesting article because it makes this movie into like a horror film and one of the things about how it being a horror film since it's it's um like, you know, targeted for white people and stuff and having her be the lead character is that, you know, oh, if a white person can pass, if a black person can pass as being white, what happens if a white person is you know, cast as being black Ooh. and what, ha- you know, what happens yeah. then, which is probably why we have so many, uh, skin whitening creams and, and such. Cause, yeah. cause, cause it's, it's like, Hey, you know, this can go two ways. Yeah. You got really curly hair. You got really two full lips. Let me see your what lips. Was that,
1: what was that woman's name? What
0: woman's name
1: she pe- She was she was all oh, the Do, dolazal yeah the rachel
0: dolazal right yeah but she wanted she was in the <laughs> I mean because of how fucked up America is the horror of it would be oh you're you think you're a white person but now you're mistaken as black and then mm-hmm. you have to face all of the indignities that you we have like decided is okay for black people And how it's that. Oh! No, that horror.
1: Okay, I'm saving my MVP for Tasty Nuggets.
0: Okay. I can do my MVPs. Okay. Honorable mention, the piggy bank. I know. And then my real MVP of this, I believe, is Jane White. Yeah. Because I'm... And the article, there was an article that I was reading. I mentioned it earlier. Um, it was the one about, like, I forget what it was. Um, but in the Library of Congress, there are the notes that Jane White took while she was doing this movie and doing the script doctoring. Yeah. And so apparently they're great. And I think a lot of the nuances and stuff that you get of the thinking and, and the going back and forth and the duality of everything... It's, I just felt, uh, when I found out that a black woman had her hand in this and and she was light-skinned and all of that, I was like, oh, because I was really, really surprised about this film from 1949. And I was about to give all the credit to Ilya Kazan and just be like, wow, this guy, look at his finger on the pulse, but to find out that like a black woman had her hand in it, in the NAACP and working in those times. I'm like, Jane White, you're the MVP. Yay.
1: Okay. I have a, I have a cast. I have Every two cast. cast. Okay. Well, I decided to go with a 2020 cast. Mm-hmm. So my pinky is Zoe
0: Kravitz. <laughs> Okay.
1: My granny, Dicey, is Whoopi. Mm Mm-hmm. My Miss M is Glenn Close.
0: Oh, she would be a good Miss M.
1: And then I did Jake. Jake was the other person Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, David Allen Greer. He
0: would be a great Jake. Yeah, he would. All right, so my recasting, I have... As Pinky Rashida Jones. Yes. Because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. As Dicey, I have Oprah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And as Miss M, I got. When I was watching, this is the first one that I came up with. And I know she's a little too young right now, but I was just like, man give this a couple of years and she would be a fantastic Miss M. Mary Louise Parker.
1: Oh, yes. I was like, man.
0: Because she is so
1: feisty. Just
0: feisty and would just be doing a lot. And just like, she does good little smiles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then my other cast was I flipped it. I flipped it for real. I made it so that the races were reversed,
1: okay. And
0: then in the big house, it was like black people.
1: Ooh, that is a horror film.
0: So that's kind of, that's messed up, ma. I know. Wow. I'm saying it whilst laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, unbelievable. So my Miss M then in this scenario is Cicely Tyson oh yeah which makes my dicey in this scenario olivia coleman oh because yeah (laughs) because because olivia coleman has ethel water's energy
1: yes she does
0: so then my pinky would have to be someone that is black but can pass as being white did i say that right Because it's the opposite.
1: It's got to be white who can pass for black.
0: It's got to be, yeah, white they can pass for black. Right. It's Zoe Kravitz. (laughs) (laughs) How can it not be? (laughs) Uh,
1: Zoe, you got the job. (laughs) Got to rein in those dreads, but you got the job. Okay, Tasty Nuggets. Uh,
0: weren't both Ethels nominated for supporting? They were nominated and Jeannie was nominated for Best Actress.
1: Best Actress.
0: I think it was the lone nomination in her career.
1: Yeah, I think it was too. Um, there were five movies in 1949 that dealt with racial issues.
0: Oh, interesting. I thought so. It it was almost as if they there had been like a huge world event which had called on everyone, and then people got to prove that we are fighting for the freedom the same as everyone, and we're also like just as good as you. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: what could that? What
0: have it have been? been?
1: I that would take over the whole world like that.
0: It's like a world war sequel.
1: There was uh, there was a lot of uh, people that I read that said why there was no explanation for why she was so extremely light skinned.
0: So it wasn't just that she was light. It was it's a combination of light skinned. Oh, I know that this is gonna be problematic, but this is what I'm looking at. Extremely light skinned. I did check the lips because I was like, they better not have casted some no lip having. Like, um, so I'm like, all right, she's got lips, a thin nose, very light skin, and super straight hair. hair.
1: Yeah, they could have had somebody with some curl to her hair,
0: and her eyes, yeah, were super light. Yeah, and yeah, there was no, it, she was so light, so light skin, and so fair so white looking really just to put it out all out on the table that they're really, I did sort of feel like there should be an explanation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I like mine. Um, this was the fourth highest grossing film of 1949. Now my MVP, um, this is about in Texas and there were, uh, Three censors who, uh, wait, this was banned in Texas. Censors in Marshall, banned Texas. It. And uh, the first one was because a white man retaining love after finding out that she was a Negro. <gasps> the second thing that said it had to be banned was a white man kissing and embracing a Negro, <gasps> even though she was white. And the third was that two whites assaulted Pinky after finding out she was a Negro.
0: Like, so, what? Well, that happened all the time. I was like, well, what is the offensive part? That, that the two white men would want to assault a black woman or that they were assaulting a woman? Because you laid up the first three, and it, it's... Yeah. It makes me think that the, re- the only reason that you had a problem with it was like... <sighs> Two white ruffians would never want anything to do with a black woman. Exactly. It's like, really? That
1: never happened.
0: Because genetics would say otherwise. Yeah. Pinky. (laughs) Okay.
1: So there was one theater owner in Texas and he took the case all the way to the Supreme Court.
0: Because he was so, about that
1: money. He was. <laughs> but he did fight to have the case shown. Because and, up until exe- then,
0: movies weren't a part of the First Amendment.
1: Right. Yeah, freedom of speech. And so he, they were able to show it in Texas, but it wasn't suitable for children. <laughs> so I just like that he fought all the way to the, yes, and it was just because of money, but still.
0: I'm taking this to the Supreme Court. Oh, um, those our, are my I heard taste. I said that John Ford got replaced. I just can't see John Ford doing this movie. Just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, like it, it was the top-grossing 20th Century Fox film of 1949. Oh. The second most popular film in 1949. Um, and yes, the Oscar nominations, Best Actress, and the Ethel's got Best Supporting Actress. So there you have it.
1: That is Pinky. Lots of lots of problems, but lots also, of things to But, think but also about.
0: lots of lots of things to think about. But also lots of, huh? Well, so you mean that you all have thought about this in nineteen forty nine? Like, this isn't something just new? Huh. Hmm. A lot lot of, like, unexpected nuance. Yeah. Oh. I guess, and also a good reheatable would be Daryl F. Zanuck reaching out to the NAACP. That's true. And saying, uh, because the NAACP was harassing, you know, movie studios for representation and at least, like, working with them, being like, is this okay? Is this okay now? Is this okay now? Why don't we bring my daughter into this? She's a college-educated graduate. So Yeah. Yeah. So that was Pinky. Nice. So next week? Well, there was a late comer into next week. I had picked a movie, and then I started doing my homework, and I picked another movie because I was struck by... The Black Greta Garbo? Yeah. I was like, excuse me? So we're doing King Vidor's 1929. Hallelujah! Oh. 19 what? 1929. Dang. So this might be really problematic. <laughs> what How could do you go wrong? S- 1929. How do you spell hallelujah. H a l l e l u j a h exclamation mark.
1: Okay.
0: And it is available because it came up on Cabin in the Sky. Okay. As a like people also do this.
1: Okay. Okay. Ooh, I'm a little scared.
0: I am too, but I'm like it has the Black Greta Garbo in it,
1: Black but it's also
0: 1929, so. Let's see what white filmmakers have come up with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at our Podbean and our highest listened to podcast so far has been um, Uptown Saturday Night.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, if I I had known that.
1: (laughs) Well, but several people listen to Cabin in the Sky, too. So we'll see how many listeners we get for Pinky and and Hallelujah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, it's not without its problems, but I have to say, when you're going in knowing the history of America, you're just kind of like peeking through your fingers, and <laughs> th- this is like, what? This is. I'll take these these issues, but yes. sure, I would have just me personally would have loved to see. Lena Horn doing the whole A gymnastics person of passing. with some
1: color. Yeah, yeah because I,
0: yeah. that's what, I, I mean this genie. However, came.
1: it had our piggy bank in it. And I mean how many how many of those are there? Come on.
0: Come on. That was free. So does that mean that M gave the piggy bank to Dicey?
1: I don't know where Dicey got the piggy bank. Where
0: the the piggy bank came from? Because when I saw the movie, then I was like, "Oh, my dad gave me this piggy bank."
1: <laughs> of course you did.
0: That's because that's what you do with, with movies, right? You're supposed to. Well, that's a black. Obviously, it's a black piggy bank. I mean, it's in pinky in the black house. I have it now, so...
1: I I just... That was so random. So, so random. Very random. Okay, listeners, we will um, be back next week with Hallelujah.
0: The fingers crossed. I don't know, guys. I don't this, know.
1: This could be a <laughs> good could, one. This could be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Ending Black History Month with a
0: bang. with the, yee,
1: Well, there you go. There you go. -bye. Bye.